Welcome back to Total Recall. This is a new-ish, I guess, offering for PCAST LLC and its uh, and its partnerships. Uh, the Athletics Communications Office at Austin P. Myself, Colby Wilson, Casey Krieger, the partner in crime for most of our other podcast offerings, and Cody Bush, El Jefe of the Austin P. Athletic Communications Office, get together. Watch an old game in the annals of Austin P history and rehash it for you, our listeners, to the amusement of some. Today's topic, the Sean Kelly game. It's got to be called the Sean Kelly game, right? Like, there's just no other, there's no well, other. For the longest time, it was just the game. And then we started adding more yeah. and yeah. more. Uh, Start putting Roman numerals after him, the game one, the <laughs> yeah. game two, the game three. Yeah, all of a sudden you look up one day and it's the game 37 and it's like WrestleMania. Yeah, it's not as exciting anymore when it's the game 35. To, to give the bird's eye view of it, this was Austin Peay's... We'd been... This is our third regional appearance. First since 05. We went in 05. 05 and 96. In 96. We missed in 06. We won't get into why we missed in 06, but we should have had a three-peat. This, like, we were loaded in 06. The pitching in 06 was... Things just didn't come together. Yeah. 07, Sean Kelly and Matt Reynolds decided, you know what, we're not going to do 06 again. They carried that team. We're going to... You can follow us or you can get off the bus. They carried that team all the way down I-24 to Nashville. Oh, there's so many stories about that trip down I-24. To play <laughs> Vanderbilt and the first NCAA regional at home. For Vanderbilt as well. Yes. Not Vanderbilt was not Vanderbilt. No, they were the overall number one seed for very good reasons. Yes, extremely good reasons. <laughs> uh, don't look at that lineup because you're going to recognize a lot of names in that lineup. There's three top eight draft picks on that team. Yes. Yeah. Two of them in that that, that, that year, year draft. and then Pedro yeah. Alvarez the next year. Yep. And this was back when we still played them twice. We played a home and home with them. Um, we played the annual February game and lost eight nothing. And then uh, played them again and lost 4-1 um, in those two midweeks. Um, so uh, you could see just through those two results that we were getting better as the 07 season went along. Um, Vanderbilt was just good all year. Well, uh, I mean, they got started. 1-1 for a reason. Yeah, uh, you know, they never really let up during the course of the year. Um, and so, you know, it's – Pretty understanding that Vanderbilt walked into that Vanderbilt and especially their fans walked into that first round game thinking, well, here comes Podonk Austin P down the interstate. You know, we're just gonna, you know, romp just like we did in the two midweeks. And if this if this game proves anything, is that you can't take a midweek performance off of a mid major and assume that's what the number one game is going to be like. There, we have number ones at the mid major level. That could be in a starting rotation for anyone in the top 25 once we get to this point in the season. And our number one that year was an impossibly young Sean Kelly. <laughs> I mean. You got to see the video. I haven't watched the video, but, yeah, you look at the video, and, and you, he, if I remember right, he had the long Oh, it was locks. flowing. He, he, had, he, had, he had the, the flow, flow. Yeah. And, and then you contrast that with the video that – we saw a couple days ago of him throwing, I guess, just a side sash. Yeah, just throwing, just out throwing. Just out know? throwing. Throwing, throwing, you know, balls that just fall off the table, just <laughs> out of habit, you know. <laughs> that slider still slides. 
The thing that jumped out to me before we even get started with a game, and I'd forgotten this, was just how good a hitting team that was. That's yep. seven 300 hitters in that lineup. Yeah. I mean, now remember, 07, we're not playing with BB Corps yet. Right. We're still in that minus three era. Those um, bats are rocket launchers. You know, but that team hit all season long. Yeah. Um, and really got going at the end of the year again. Uh, as all, good Austin P teams seem to do, uh, the weather gets warmer and, and they the ball starts to jump, especially here at, at the hand. Um, we've seen it over the years. Once May hits, the ball tends to just find its way out of our ballpark. Yes. Um, you know, and then you go to Vanderbilt, and, and Vanderbilt's not a huge ballpark by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but, we, you know, we walked in that game, and we felt, you know, we've got Sean Kelly on the mound. This team can hit a little bit. Um, I think Jake Lane's in that lineup, if I remember right. That that lineup had uh, Raph Hill. Yeah. Uh, that lineup had – Jake, that lineup had uh, an extremely young Trey Lucas. <laughs> I mean that that lineup had. There was a lot of young. There that, was a long lot of young pups on that team. That lineup had a lot of guys who would eventually be really good, and some of them were really good right then as well. You know, but we also knew that we were walking into a situation where Vanderbilt was going to throw David Price, and and David Price was going to do what David Price was going to do. It was just a question of could we find a way to produce some runs for Sean? Well, but only wanted to throw Price the first what four or five innings for yeah, game one of a regional. You want to throw your ace, you get a couple well, innings out of him, and get, get away the lead. With throwing him. Yeah, they thought that they would get out to a lead like they had in the two midweek games. They could turn it over to the bullpen after five, and they would. And their bullpen then was they'd good. They'd have minor for game two, then they'd yep. go back to yep. Price for the big one, and they'd be and, set up. And legitimately, you know, we wrecked Vanderbilt's 07 season. Uh, that was a team, even though that was the first time they hosted their first overall number one seed, they expected to go to Omaha. And and you look at the season they had, and that's a team that should have made it to Omaha. Yeah, you got you got two uh, arms in that rotation that might have been the best two arms, de- almost definitely the best one-two punch yeah. in the country that year. Might have been just the best two starting pitchers had in weathers too as the closer and you've got the best three pitcher mix in the, in the country yeah and you and you look who they got assigned in their region and the region was soft it's Let, friendly. Let's, let's be honest it's a soft region you've got big 10 michigan as the two seed yep memphis is the three seed and then we're the four seed um so it's a soft region and everyone looked at the region and you know vanderbilt should have no real trouble getting out of this region this should be an easy three and done for the Commodores, and it was not. Uh, we we threw a monkey wrench into that in day one, and then things went off the rail in day two. I think to what you're both saying about Vanderbilt's expectations of using Price as long as they were going to use him, I think he had no real idea that he would need to go deep because he came out with the A, he was one pitch from the immaculate inning in yes. the first. Yeah. I wanted to radar gun in that first inning so bad. I did too, man, because he was throwing absolute he, BBs. There were triple digits in that first inning because he was just blowing oh, no, he, it by our hitters. Yeah, he absolutely came out, and his intent was to set a tone and, and that put was, us back on our heels. And that was the top of a very good lineup for yes. the Govs. And three-pitch strikeout, three-pitch strikeout, two pitches, and – 
can't remember who was hitting three, and that was that fair. He went to a slider, I think, and missed finally. It, it yeah. missed, and it didn't miss by much either. Because yeah. um, I wasn't on radio, because we were at home, basically. Um, so I was over in the uh, press booth, down all by myself, uh, surrounded by all these Vanderbilt writers, basically. Uh, Van, I can't remember who was doing color with Van. It might have been a lyric. Uh, might have, you know, that might have been a. Uh, not sure who chimed in. I'm sure I'll find out on Facebook because um, Facebook, Facebook never, never lets me off the hook, which is fine. Van you, finds it funny. If you Van know were who on wasn't? Media. You know who wasn't in there? And impossibly young Brian Reeves, who I saw during a pan of the crowd. Yes, yes. you know, Brian Reeves, Reeves was definitely down to the uh, first base side in the very noisy Austin P group uh, that showed up late in the game, but. Um, I remember after the bottom of the first or the our half of the first just going well that's about what I expected uh, in the in the top of the first uh, let's uh, see what Sean Kelly can do to match that and and, and, and Sean Kelly was the kind of a competitor and still is the kind of competitor that you put us you put a number out there for him he's gonna come match that number as quickly as he can yeah. one of the things that I didn't know coming into this was that when Sean, pitched in the earlier one against Vanderbilt he only went two and a third yeah so he had a little bit of residual bad blood wanting to write that wrong against the yes. yeah uh you know we threw him out there I can't remember which midweek it was that we put him out there probably the early one the February one because um, we were always trying to sneak one of those midweeks away from Vanderbilt um like last year yeah uh, you know and, and a couple of, couple times in the last few years we've done actually. that a couple of times and, and just that's so you guys don't forget um, that you know that's always been the goal when we play Vanderbilt, and that's why we, from my own point of view, having been around for the era where we played home and home with Vanderbilt, I would love to return to the period where we played them at both facilities during the course of the year. Our fan, both fan bases love that series because uh, it's a short trip for Vanderbilt fans to get up here. It's a cheap ticket. Well, seeing how different fans. Hawkins Field is from now to then, too, I think is part of it. They, we, we, we could come to Hawkins Field back then, but now it's just it's grown. Well, I'm trying to it remember that. That's one of the first had the years press box been redone where that was Hawkins Field. Like okay, because yeah. it was it was natural grass and dirt, which not anymore. No, right. and it looked like they had the press box had been raised up since then, yes. and they added. I another think they section added that that top section. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I first got here, um, all there really was were aluminum stands mm -hmm. behind home plate, and the press box as it was was on top of the third base dugout. They had no outfield seating either. They had and put the see, bleachers out yeah, there. And to see home plate, you actually had to lean out the window to get a good view of home plate. Oh, that's, that's nice. Because of how I mean, you, that, that field is just so tight. Well, at the beginning, like, there's no territory outside the foul lines. No, at the beginning of the game, you heard their announcer mention the brand new nice scoreboard out in right yep. field, and it was just a regular old scoreboard with nine innings, balls, strikes, mm -hmm. outs, runs, and then now you look at the – and I think all the, foot jumbotron they, have, right, they had all the center. seating in the outfield, and all that was temporary. It was, was going to say that was the first time they'd just done it. been brought in. That was that was all brought in just so they could host a regional because they did not have capacity if they didn't do it, and they what, sold everything out there. Was it the rule that you had to offer some kind of outfield seating as well? Mm -hmm. You just had to have a minimum capacity. Gotcha. It's the um, same thing that was it Missouri State had two years ago yeah. where they had to host at the minor league park. Yeah, because yeah, you just don't have. I mean. And that's always been kind of the thing is, you know, you've got to have a minimum number, and that's why Vanderbilt finally went ahead and just added 
permanent seating out there and put all that parking underneath that seating. Yeah. Ultimately. I love the pain of the crowd between innings because <laughs> if you call it the Austin P section, it was like seeing an Austin P basketball game in 2020. It's the same. There's Ricky Cooksey. There's Carolyn Yarbrough. She hadn't changed a bit. I mean, and not only that, but also the people who were around in media capacities. Yep. There was a Mike Strazinger shot. Mm-hmm. There was Robert Smith along the third baseline. Absolutely. The same people. It's amazing what happens when you play a regional game 40 minutes from, from home. How many people make the trek down? Well, everybody. I mean, yeah. you, you, you look at this. You, it's not like going down to Oregon where you got <laughs> uh, that's a that's a that's I mean, a haul. Going to Oregon nowadays wouldn't be so bad because we have so many kids that are from the West Coast where that would be – an easy trip for a lot of families, but you know, 07, most of these kids are Southerners. You know, we don't have a lot of kids from outside our own regions yet. I mean, Sean was from Louisville, and I remember looking around that roster that year and thinking, that's kind of an outlier for us right now. Yeah, I feel like every pinch hitter we brought in was from Clarksville. We, if you ever get a chance, if you ever get a chance, talk to Brian Hetland about uh, the recruitment of Sean Kelly. It's a great story. I feel like we did that when I feel like I talked to Brian when Sean was inducted into yeah. the Hall of Fame, but I can't it's remember. It's a fantastic story. It's another one of those kids. Sean's another one of those guys we had no business having on our roster, but he showed up, and again, it's one of those guys that ends up changing your program. The second inning, the announcers begin to acknowledge that, like, hey, Price is good, but Kelly's matching pitch for pitch, and I could couldn't help but thinking back to the Oregon game that we watched where. They probably wouldn't have acknowledged that Sean was doing anything until he came back out for the 10th. Yeah, the the key here, the key difference is, is that this is a charter, charter sports southeast TV crew. I've, <laughs> no, I remember our audio the, was the Vanderbilt radio were you over the, the charter sports. Yeah, because it was because they flashed to the booth a couple times. They did, but I it think it was a two man crew in the charter sports booth. But we had the because he would sign off at the Vanderbilt ISB radio. I thought that it was the same guys because they weren't matched up. The audio wasn't matched up, and I just thought we were getting the delayed version of no, their speaking. The, the Charter Sports had two guys in the booth. The audio on the game we watched only had one guy, and it was the Vanderbilt radio now, guy. I, I'll say this. Whenever we play Vanderbilt, they give us our due credit. Um, you know, they, they have never treated us as a second-rate team coming into their ballpark. Probably because um, we beat them a few times. Um, you know, they have always treated us as a team you have to be wary of and you got to be careful of. Um, and so the, you, if that was what was on the video you guys got to watch, I'm not surprised that they gave us our, you know, our due in this contest. The, as this game wears on, I thought it was fun to watch the, the two guys as they continued to go at it. Like, Price was absolutely not messing around. No. He was five, ten seconds maybe between pitches just – get it back, step on the rubber, get the sign. And we weren't doing anything to break his rhythm. I no. mean, we were just standing there in the box and just taking it as it came. I mean, um, nowadays you don't see that. If a pit, they, you know, hit, The human rain are, delay portion comes into yeah, the hitters effect. are now told that if don't let a pitcher get into that kind of rhythm. David Price still box, pitches like that too. Yeah. yeah. If you watch him, he's just get the ball and go. Yeah, it's all business, um, you know. It was a quick game. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, I, that's what I was noticing is we got a, a four-hour recording here, and we're 90 minutes into it, and we're into the sixth or seventh inning. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of base runners. 
Um, a lot of uh, take your bat, head back to the dugout. What pri- would Price do? Strike out like seven of the first nine or yeah. something? It was, yeah. It was pretty ridiculous. He got he got through the, the order the first time real quick. But then Sean's not doing it with smoke and mirrors either. He's getting swing throughs and blow bys from a regional host. Yeah, he's one ju- one. And he's using his full arsenal. You know, David Price is just huffing it up there for the most part. Every once in a while, you know, if he needs to get if a he's, guy. If he's got to get somebody, he's got to Price was a two-pitch mix. He was fastball slider at that yeah. point. There was nothing else. But, yeah. I mean, Price's fastball runs, so it's essentially it moves a little. But right. there was no reason for him to throw anything whereas, other than those two Sean pitches. Sean is throwing the arsenal. Like, he is, he's twirling it up there. He's, he's you know, you, you saw the story from the New York Times mm-hmm. where they, they look, both looked back at it. And, and, you know, Price even said, you know, he's out there throwing pitches that our guys haven't seen all year. And he's still doing, and you know, and at that time he was still doing it as a pro. Is that he had this full range of pitches that you don't normally get? Well, you can you know. see that in the Alvarez at batch two pitches they don't see because I talked to Ryan Edwards, pitching coach of this team, on the phone last week, and he said before the game they were watching film and looking at stats. Pedro Alvarez had been hit by one pitch all season, so their goal was okay. Nobody's pitching him inside because they're afraid to, so we're going to throw him inside. And the first pitch he throws to Alvarez, the fastball in his hands, and he got him out on that same at bat with a slider in. It's just like, all right, Alvarez hasn't seen inside pitching all year, so we're going to go get him. And you can see it throughout the game. He just tries to go in and in and in on Alvarez, and it worked pretty much. This is probably the point where we need to tell Ryan Combs' Pedro Alvarez story. You know Combs crashed Pedro Alvarez's wedding, right? I've heard this, <laughs> yes, now that you say that. If by some miracle Pedro Alvarez happens to hear this. Hey, Pedro. <laughs> Combs is getting married. Oh, and, yes. and they're having a reception once this whole COVID-19 thing's passed. If you want to be my plus one to Combs' reception, turn about as 100% fair play, and I will bring you aboard. So, you know, just get at me if that is something that you are interested in. And as long as we're doing a heartfelt implorations, uh, if Will Hogue has happened to be listening, world long drive champ Will Hogue, call up. Let's talk about your new career. I want to. I want to talk about the. A lot of fun to see Will Hogue. I saw him live at an event in Kingsport, yeah. Tennessee, yeah. two summers ago. I had an Austin P hat on. He waved at me. Built. And he's yeah. a large guy. He is built. He was in this lineup, wasn't he? He was. And he, he's you right got to fielder. see him as a string being. I mean, he. Yeah. He is a telephone pole. Yeah. He. There wasn't he a whole is, lot of width at the is, time. I think with some practice, now. we could turn Parker Phillips into a long drive champion. I think so too. I've played golf with Parker. He can hit it a long way. We have to work on. Anywhere I mean, near being straight. If we're going to talk about this, then we got to talk about the Greg LeBan theory. Oh, I mean, this. Greg LeBan already claims to be the world long drive champion yeah. with his 360 to 70 yard drives. He's claiming, and he's, he says the altitude in Colorado helps. But I, well, then he must be I hitting need, at Pikes Peak. So I'm going to need I'm going to need to see it in person. He's got to Facetime that. I, somehow I knew that bringing up Will Hogue, world long drive champ, was going to. Somehow dovetail into a discussion about LeBan. LeBan, I'm on your side, personally. I think you... you uh, I've seen Will Hogue actually do it. <laughs> I think if LeBan puts his mind to it, he can do anything he wants to do. So, I got two points on Raph Hill, and they are separate but intricately tied together. And one is that for a leadoff guy, Raph did not see many pitches. He no. was up there, yes, and he was going. But how much does the game change if the bunt that was correctly ruled foul? There's no replay at this time. 
There's no there's no nothing. When Price throws that in the left field, you got the fastest guy on the team. Or if it's throws in the right field, you got the fastest guy on the team on second with the top of the order behind him. Whoo, what might have been? Oh yeah, I mean you might have actually been able to hear the Vanderbilt crowd take a sigh of relief uh, when that ball was ruled foul. Um, you know, because it was, you know, Price just makes a reaction play. And the, the pro- that's the problem at this ballpark is if you fire it, fa- if you fire it past your first baseman, there's only one place for it to go, and that's into the far corner. Yeah. Uh, it's not going just behind first base in foul territory. No, it's – going to just follow the wall all the way down into the corner and so yeah the, the game changes dramatically if, if we can start to get base runners on because we change up what price is doing on the mound because it's not he, something he had to do he, yeah he game. didn't go out of the stretch more than what three times yeah i mean the other time he was out of the stretch de Losa saved the game in left in right field with mm-hmm. the diving catch and double play that was the next thing i wanted to bring up that de la Osa play was if he doesn't make Good a play as a collegiate outfielder could make. Mm-hmm. That play doesn't get made. We probably win in nine innings. You see that the way it s- went, at least. You see the you see that you see the effect that he had on the game, and you you see what he did in the SEC. Within two years, he was out of pro baseball. Yeah, like that that's was wild to see when I looked it up. It's baseball's hard. Yes, baseball's super hard. Well, and it, it, you know the the funny thing is the old adage is that you, is you know when you're in the minors, you work really really hard to get to the majors. And then once you get to the majors, you work even harder to stay there. Um, you know, it's very hard, especially if you get ticketed into the wrong organization where your position is just chock full. We've seen that to a lot of governors over the year. where Reed, they just Reed Harper trying to break in as a shortstop with the Braves yeah. with 18 quality shortstops short in, front in, front in front of him. Shortstop sitting in front of him, you know. Um, and, and, you know, it's just it's so impossibly hard to get to the majors – as the minors currently are structured, let's let's paraphrase that because in six months it could be a lot different. The minors might be a completely different creature, uh, and it might become even more difficult um, without all the additional time that you can spend in the system. Um, right now, you can get in the minors and get lost. In That's the what happened to Ryan Flaherty, the shortstop from that yeah. team. He spent yeah. a lot more time in the minor leagues in De La Osa, but I don't think he ever really played a lot of major league or any. Yeah major league baseball either and, and they it, were both really good players that year he, on number one team in the country flaherty got up eventually because i remember seeing him a couple times nothing not anything consistent but he i could swear that he at least had a few cups of coffee yeah in the middle innings i maybe it only became more pronounced in the middle innings price get everything mm-hmm. i mean the inside corner low as, as he should Sean's not getting pinched, but I mean, oh no, it's got to be a strike. There were, there were multiple times where Price would throw one just sort of vaguely close to the plate, strike one, and a Gov would step out and go, "What the?" Yeah, it's the different. But again, it goes back to what are the two pitchers doing to get strikes? Price is not throwing anything but a couple of pitches. And so they all look the same at the end of the day. You know, Sean's up there, you know, one pitch is not necessarily where the next pitch is at. Yeah. And He's getting in that rhythm with the umpire, too. Just get the yeah. ball in 98, right. 98, yeah. 98. If, it, if you blink, just assume you heard a strike go yeah. by. Um, you know, and 
it's just the benefit of if all you're doing is going up there and, and huffing it up and throwing your throwing it right to a dot, you're going to get the call if it's a, a ball off the corner. We know? didn't mention it, but I mean, he had 175 strikeouts coming into this game with only 29 walks. And, yeah, <laughs> and he got 10% more when he faced the governors. That's not. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he walked people all year, and it might have been similar reasons, but. There's no reason to expect yeah, David he, Price was going to come in and walk people in this game. I think he finished the season with 31 walks. Yeah, yeah he, and 200 he came strikeouts. in with a reputation. Yeah, well-earned reputation that he was going to get strikeouts. And umpires pay attention to that. You know, they read paper just as much as everyone else. I mean, your your reputation definitely precedes you when you get to this point in the season. I got to thinking about it before the wild pitch, but. And you'll you'll remember this better than I would. Maybe <laughs> was based on the last one. Let's not trust my memory. Hundred percent was Trey DHing quite a bit during that year, and Smith handling more of the catching duties. That became more pronounced as the season went along. Okay. if I remember right, I didn't and know Trey or Trey or, or Matt can change the narrative via a simple Facebook message, but. My memory is that early in the year we platooned because that's what you had to do at this point. You. You just don't see catchers catch. You don't. You don't. Fifty-six yeah. games. Um, you try to split it up as much as you can during the course of the season. Um, but Matt was kind of Sean's guy behind the plate, and those two were just on the same page. Well, and also, and, and they called their own game. And I think you yeah, know, Coach Edwards, to Edwards was telling me that the other day. He's like, when Sean pitched, I didn't have to call pitches. He called yeah. the game, and Matt knew what he wanted. Yeah, but Sean didn't even entertain suggestions. From the dugout, I don't think you saw Sean you can see look him. to the dugout once, except maybe in disgust if someone was trying to interrupt the flow. When we finally brought in a new pitcher in the eleventh inning, you could see Coach Edwards flashing pitch calls behind Gary McClure, their head coach, mm-hmm. in the background. But for those first ten innings, you never saw Coach yeah. Edwards behind Gary because he didn't have to call pitches. He's sit there, watch the game, did everything ten. else he was doing. It was vacation for ten innings, right? Watch a good baseball game. <laughs> Well, that's, that was what I wanted to know about that because Trey was just a freshman. I didn't know if that yeah. had been a long going thing for the year because he Trey caught it, a little bit during the course of the year. It uh, just, I mean, you had Matt, and you needed Trey's bat in the lineup. Yes, ow, <laughs> that that was true for most of Trey's career. <laughs> so, what do you reckon Sean screamed into his glove after <laughs> the sixth ended? Knowing Sean, it's not anything that can clear any kind of FCC guidelines. <laughs> He looked real mad. No, knowing Sean, he was very mad. Um, you know, and it's funny because the first two runs of this game, one for each team, are mistakes. Yeah. I mean, they're both mistakes. And that's the kind of baseball game this ended up being is that was a, as, as true a pitcher's duel for nine and a half innings that you will ever see at the college level. And it only came down to two pitchers making a mistake that allowed runs. Will we ever – with offense at the weight at the rate it is right now, see a pitcher's duel like this with the stakes that high. Like you can see a one-off. It was the Kumar Rocker game last year. It was yeah, but the guy. But you. But the other guy for Duke gave up five runs. Right. Yeah. yeah it, what, it would be Kumar Rocker pitched against Kumar Rocker basically. Right. The only way it's going to happen is it's, you're going to see it in Omaha, just because that park is just gigantic. It's gigantic and it's pointed the wrong way. And I've said that since they moved it to the new TD Ameritrade. But you're Art. still going to have to catch two number one pitchers yes. on their best days yeah. to make it happen. I mean, even you there. still haven't seen anything like this in Omaha yet. 
No. Um, and that park is the, probably the most conducive to a out-and-out pitcher's duel. Um, well, you don't see anything I, like this me. in I, any regional. Well, right when now. I was watching I, it. I'm still a lover of the pitcher's duel. Like, this game was just incredible to watch. Two pitchers just basically tell both offenses, take a night off. We've got we've got this under control. See, see you when the bullpen comes yeah. in. And you were just waiting who was going to tire out first. I kept point. thinking, what if this game had happened 10 years later when we had the extra innings coverage of the College World Series where every game was on ESPN or streamed on ESPN Plus? Because if it was like the Kumar Rocker game, that game was getting live look-ins on regular ESPN in the fifth inning and later because it was at 9 o'clock game and there was well, nothing that, else on. Actually, and, ESPN picked up this game. Okay, well, ESPN did <laughs> because, pick up the game. Because it stayed this way for so long. Well, then my argument is... ESPN boy. actually picked up the CSS feed to show this game. But even with that, even if you would have had, like, because the Kumar Rocker game, if you were on Twitter during that game, was just blowing up. Everybody, not yeah. college oh, baseball man, people, I'm, everybody just no, tweeting about Kumar Rocker. Made this game if this different. game had happened, ten, like I said, 10 years later, extra innings coverage, social media, can you imagine Ugh, what it would have done it, for it Sean Kelly in the program? The I mean, for, for just Sean, I mean, you're talking, that, that elevates his profile. Well, I mean, even without it, this game changes Sean Kelly's life. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's maybe he's a he's a late rounder he, because he's, he's coming from an OVC school as a pitcher. Those those guys generally don't draft very high, and then he goes and does this to the out and out number one overall team in the country. Cut, number one, and all of a sudden, a lot of scouts are like, "This hmm. guy's got some stuff sitting in in that arm," and it it honestly changes Sean's life and. You know, if if anyone deserves it, it it's a it's a Sean Kelly. Um, you know, we rode him for three years here, and got you know two conference championships out of the deal, and you know one of those games in program history that will be immortalized for a very very long time. Like on this very podcast. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd heard about this game before I got here from Ryan Edwards. He tells the story of the Sean Kelly game. Everybody does. To everybody. He meets, mm -hmm. If anybody, he can tell that story, he will tell it. Anybody you meet in a baseball circle, you mention Austin P. They're like, hey, what were you up to when uh, when they took they gave David Price everything he could handle? Launching like everybody else. Yeah. Sean was at 80 heading into the bottom of the eighth. Think about that for a minute. Think about what you just said. 80 pitches through eight innings. We that call is, that a Maddox. That is not something you see at any level of baseball anymore. I mean, in in the in the moment, was there feeling like he's going till his arm gives? I thought when he walked off the mound at the end of the ninth that there was no way we were going to see him back. Like the bullpen was ready, and our bullpen was we had a good bullpen was that a year. good bullpen, and so it was just kind of like if we're going to hand it off, we're going to hand it off. Um, not knowing what was going on in the Austin P dugout in the bottom of the ninth before we rolled around to the 10th. But if you asked me if I was totally surprised that Sean Kelly popped up out of the dugout in the 10th, yes, I was mildly surprised. Um, but I was also like, you know, his pitch count was in a reasonable, reasonable spot. spot compared to where it had been all year. Um, he hadn't hit triple digits yet, um, and he could get into the triple di low triple digits pretty easy. On a, on a day, um, you know, so it wasn't hugely surprising. I, I think the thing that surprised everyone is that David Price was still on the mound in the ninth. 
I think and Price was surprised. Well, by the time he himself. got to 100 pitches, there was no reason to stop him. He wasn't going to pitch the next day or yeah. the next day. So, yeah, 100 pitches, 138 yeah, he, pitches. What's yeah, it matter? You're in for a penny, in for a pound at that point. I mean, Sean was done for the regional, unless we got all the way back to Sunday. Yeah. Um, you know, if we'd have gotten back to Sunday and everything was on the line, I can tell you right now, Sean Kelly would be telling his coaching staff that he is pitching in that game at some point, and they weren't going to be able to keep him off the mound. How surprising, given everything else and how good Price had looked throughout the entire course of that game, how surprising was Tyler Ferrer's homer? <laughs> A bolt out of the blue. Um, I mean, hang em, Price. Hang them and bang them is all I can say. Hang them and bang them. They, they flashed that replay of Price up, and he looked like he was going to throw up. Yeah, was it a slider, too? I think so. Yeah, he was. I mean, like I said, it he just flattened out. He hadn't basically. gone to the slider a lot, and he hung one. I mean, it, yeah. it and it was. Oh yeah, it was just above belt high, and there's spinner. I mean, it, it's, it didn't spin, and Tyler spun it over it, the wall and left. Did you catch and, what the Vanderbilt announcer said right before the home run? He said, "No governor has reached third base tonight. Only a couple have reached second. Well, the no pitch, the pitch before. <laughs> may may as well just throw a black cat out there on the field then. No governor stopped at third base <laughs> during nope. the course of the game. I'll tell you that. But um, second know, homer allowed by Price yeah. all year. That is an incredible I mean, in stat. Thing, I don't know if you had the crowd audio. If you could hear the crowd a little bit. I didn't hear the whistler. Was this pre whistler? Pre whistler. Thank okay. God for pre whistler. I would have had to mute it. I would have too. Um, <laughs> no, but that crowd was you know rocking like. It, it was a rock party in that ballpark. You could hear him and singing then, in between innings. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, don't get me started. Uh, there's a reason I don't like that song. And this this game is the reason I don't like that song. A hundred percent. That song is Sweet Caroline. They I were singing it after that song because of innings. this very game. Um, yes, there's a lot of hate in my voice right there. Sorry about that. Um it's an audio medium. If, yeah. If you were just flat monotone the whole time, it wouldn't be very interesting. Um, that crowd was loud until that ball was hit. And then it got quiet. <laughs> Except for that two sections of Austin P fans who crazy. were incredibly loud all of a sudden. And yeah. you could hear Let's Go P very clearly in the facility. Um, that shocked everyone in the building. And it was... That's one of those moments I'm sitting there in the press box and you can't cheer in the press box no matter how big a moment it is. And so that's one of those fist pump moments. And I'm looking in our radio booth, which is just on the other side of the window from me, and we're all fist pumping. Like, that's what Austin P. Baseball is about right there. Um, hanging in, hanging in, hanging in. And then the moment arrives to take advantage of it, and there we were to take advantage of it. Fielding, like, this was a good fielding team. This was a solid fielding team yeah. across the board. Two errors and a wild pitch were the difference, yes. basically. Yes. And and also, uh, I have in my notes that Gilbert had white on that stolen base attempt before dropping the ball, and that wound up making a huge difference. Yes. Yeah. And that you're right. It, it, and but that's a, what ultimately decides a lot of pitchers' duels are those kind of mistakes, unfortunately. And Bandy. That's a very good defensive Vandy team, too. They weren't going to give you outs. No. There, neither team was going to give up a lot of outs walking into the game. Um, you know, the runs were going to be earned. Um, and it was just one of those things where – and you look at the errors, and they're, and they're just, you know, nothing outlandish about them. You just know? a boot. Just, 
you know, ball gets into the gets into your feet and you lose it. You know, um, it's not like we threw the ball around a whole lot in the game. Uh, you know, but yeah, it's uh, the errors and then the way the game ends is, is pretty ugly stuff. You know, we talked last time about those games that kind of sit in my soul and they're and they're the dark spots in the soul. This is probably one of them. Um, this for a different reason than Oregon. Um, this one I. The way the game ended, it was just like that's not what you wanted to have happen to the guy on the mound. No, um, because he had done it such a good job all year for you, and then and he carried you. I mean, yeah, he's one of those he arms that kind of carried you to that point. Yeah, he's one of those arms that kind of just goes unsung because you have Sean and Reynolds sitting there in the one-two spot and they gather all the attention. But this bullpen was not anything. You know, we worried about all year. We just knew we were going to trot out some guys, and they were going to get some outs. Well, you saw the bullpen go through in the 11th inning. They had to get out Delos, Alvarez, and Flaherty to start the inning. Yeah. And they got, ended up – the first one got on, then he turned a double play. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, getting through those three. And, and it, it, let's say this. The nice thing about a good defense is how much better it makes your pitching because they can just go out and – Your pitching absolutely had the complete confidence. Yeah. That ball in play, not a big deal. Oh, I, I let a guy on – I'm going to throw a, a – Double play right yeah, here. And, he, and you knew that double play was going to be. We're going to get a grounder and we're going to turn. You're the double play with Alvarez at the plate, too. So, I mean, it's not a, it's not a weekly hit ball. It's, 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 it was a, was a one hop rocket. Yeah. It's coming at yeah. you. It, that, he He's, doesn't miss hit balls at this point in his career. By the 115 ish pitch area, <laughs> which is a pretty ludicrous statement in 2020, Sean was gassed. Mm-hmm. But how do you. I I know that it had to have been touch and go, but at the same time, like, how do you walk out and take the ball from him in mid inning at that point? You don't. Um, if 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 you do that, that's because Sean is telling you that he's maxed out. You know that is Sean saying, and he, and it's not anything you'll see physically. It was probably you know it's going to be a look to the dugout, and Edwards is going to go is going to know what that look is. Um, but the the stories of that not that bottom of the ninth, and I think it was Gary that told him, "Good game, you know we got this, got it from here." And Sean's like, "No, you don't. Mm-mm. This is my game. I'm going to carry the tenth." Because um, Sean expected us to find a way to score off their bullpen, um, and it just didn't pan out. And it, you know, and then weirdness happens. So. Well, they brought in Casey Weathers and what he did. Yeah, strike well, out five of six. Yeah. That, <laughs> was yep. it, it was not a good strikeout day for the governor's offense. Was it 21 or 22? 22, I think. I think it was well, 17 think, and five. I, well, yeah. I think uh, – I mean, I'd go, I'm going to say a number. I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to say it's 18 for Price. I think it's 17 for Price. Was that it the was last It was 17 number? or 18 from Price and five from Weathers because yeah. he struck out five of so six. So it was 22 to 23 Ks in an 11-inning game. A lot. That's a lot. I mean, thirty. You have thirty-three outs, and twenty-two to twenty-three of them, the ball doesn't leave home plate. (laughs) And they just threw it. And those two just threw a lot of fastballs. Yeah, just straight heat. No no need to. No need to go to the number two. No. I can count on one hand the number of times we saw that kind of pitching during the course of the 07 season, and two of them were when we faced Vanderbilt in a midweek. Um, Just not something you see at this level. No. By the time you get to bottom 11, you have to go to the bullpen. Kelly has done everything he can. 
the bullpen's been good all year. Yes. Is there even 13 years removed any kind of, maybe we should have gone to Wilshire, maybe we should have gone to Cole. No. Like, no. The, the numbers were comparable. Yeah. It seemed like Vichini would have been just as good an option as any, and we had we had all kinds of options. It was a mat. It was it was probably predicated on matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember where we're at in the Vanderbilt lineup, but I think we're in the middle, the bottom yeah, part of their lineup. Um, so it's not like we were getting ready to see the tall, tall trees here. Although <laughs> the the shorter trees were still pretty yeah, good the, in that one. The, the the short trees at Vanderbilt are okay. Um, no, I I don't think anyone is second guessing the decision of who's the first guy out of the pen there. Um, I think we were settled. I think we were of the mindset that we were we were settled in for a long haul. Like there were more innings coming, and how do we set up our bullpen to weather this storm? No pun intended. But you know, we knew Vanderbilt was on a was on a was off. Whatever plan they had for their pitching, they didn't. They they had no expectation of using Weathers game one of that. They were so far off script by the time we got to the ninth, tenth, and eleventh innings that. You know, they were trying to figure out how to survive as much as we were trying to figure out how to survive. Well, they were trying to figure out a way to limit damage, too, because they were down two of their bullets for a very extended period of time yes. just to survive. Yes. Um, and, and they knew they still had Michigan sitting there waiting, even though, you know, I don't think they expected a lot of trouble from Michigan in the Game 2 situation. You also have to think you still have Mike Miner waiting there for still, Game 2. You still have Mike Miner and – you know, Derek Johnson still calling the shot to that pitching oh, it, staff. He's pretty good. It's an embarrassment of riches for Vanderbilt in 07. Well, just the the quality of player. Like, yeah. as you go further and further down, Vanderbilt, even at the dawning of the dynasty, still had some pretty good depth. Yeah. Um, no, I don't look back and, and think that we made – that there was any kind of – I just don't see don't, how you make a, a different – I don't see how you make a better choice. I mean, you could have – conceivably said oh we'll go Wilshire we'll go Cole but I don't I wouldn't call it a better choice it's just different I think you were trying to I think we were partly trying to save those guys in case you know if we had I think it was one of those things if we had walked in to the Vanderbilt half of the inning with the lead then you would have seen Wilshire in a hot minute racing in from the bullpen to come put it out for us Um, tie game you can't really burn that bullet Right, you kind of right there. I mean, you've got to, especially got, when you've got guys you trust. You've too, got other bullets. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of bullets. It, if he was there. the only guy in that bullpen that you could look to to get an out, then maybe you have to waste him there. Yeah. But he wasn't. the The walk off moment. <laughs> I for such a great game. It, it's an it's an incredibly anticlimactic ending that yeah it's like every, incredible you 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 remember looking back so much about that game and then this is the footnote and then oh <laughs> by the way yeah it just see, seeing it in the moment what'd you think i thought we were out of the inning i'm like this is this is exactly what we wanted we sawed off the guy it's it's a simple little ground ball just to the right of the mound from my spot in the press box to the pitcher's left. And the the great debate is does he catch a cleat? Does he trip over the edge? You know, no one's exactly sure what happens to cause him to lose his balance on the way to the ball. But even at that, 
you know, it's just pick up the ball, shovel it home, and get an out at that point. And he just never gets the ball under control. And, you know, I think it's ruled a base hit, which is fine. Um, you know, at the end of the day, base hit error it's, doesn't matter. That, um, I'm it, probably ruling it a base hit because it doesn't change the, the laws. No, the, the, I mean, there's just, I think there's, from my memory, there's so much English on that ball because it was funky. It was yeah, hit it funky. Was, it was hit funky. There, there was nothing. You look at that play and you're just like, you know, I remember what I go back and say in the Stanley Cup playoffs. When you get to the, when you get to overtime in the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's either an early goal, a late goal, or a quirky goal. Or you're, go, or you're going four overtimes. Yeah, you're going four overtimes. Um, and this was the quirky goal because there was, you look at the game, there's nothing like this the whole game. The situation hadn't had that situation the entire game. No ball had been hit like that the whole game, you know, and yeah, that, that happens, you know, and I remember thinking we had gotten out of the frame. We'd survived the biggest threat that anyone had seen in that contest. Um, I think Vanderbilt thought, you know, you, you see how Vanderbilt reacts to that run scoring and it's like surprise, a surprise and relief that when there's a walk off celebration, they're usually right out there. It was a second before they were out yeah, there. Yeah, it was. Like, it was just a. Happened. I just. Hmm. Yeah. I knew that we lost. I knew that they walked it off. I didn't realize he fell coming off the mound yeah. to field the ball. Yeah. Before I watched it. Yeah. It's. And that's what that's the part that hurts, because it it was, it's a moment the pitcher didn't deserve. Yeah, I mean you you get beat on a walk off home run. Guy smacks one over the fence. You know what? I, I threw my pitch. He hit my pitch. Yeah. Whatever. This just doesn't sit right that that's how that no, happened. No, it doesn't. Not, not, in a, not in a pitcher's duel. In, in between those two teams that did – that I mean, really brought out the best one another for 11 innings. Yeah. I mean, one of the best college baseball games I'll probably ever see. Um, it, it, I mean, getting ready to enter year 22 now at Austin Peay. Still the best – baseball game Austin P has been involved in since I've been here and yeah. that includes a lot of wins oh yeah and it's really weird to sit here and say that a loss is one of is the best game I've seen but it really is well I mean it's odd that the first two entries in the series have been losses but they've been such the losses have been such that they deserve they're monumental games for Austin P they, they are tentpole games for Austin P in elevating Austin P's profile and showing that Austin P can not only compete on a big stage, but really and truly the bigger teams needed a little bit of divine intervention to escape from us. Absolutely. And these are the, this game is the one that still I look back on whenever someone asks me, do, do you think mid-major team can match up with major college team? And I say, yes. Um, you put a mid-major number one on the mound, in most cases. That guy can get into the rotation. That, that, for that guy is, is there for a reason. He can pitch. Yeah. Well, that's the difference in us and Vanderbilt. It's not the top of the line, the starting lineup guys. It's the depth. The yeah. Vanderbilt bench guys are well, starters for us. Especially when, you, especially when you get into regional play and you've got right. to play four or five games. Quick succession – and after you've burned through your top guys that you lean on, I mean, that's where the bigger programs 
have all the advantages because they yeah. are, I, are turning to Gatorade players of the year and things deeper into their bench. And you, and you look at the mid-majors that still succeed and find their way out of the regional round, how do they do it? They win game one and, and get done in three. You know, Very rarely does the mid-major lose game one and then find their way back. It's just not possible in this format. We don't have the depth on the mound, you know, as we've proven several times over the years. You know, if you're not in the top and working your way through and getting it done in your normal weekend rotation, it is incredibly just look at hard. Just trip to the regional, yeah, or super regional. They yeah. weren't, they didn't lose games in the regional to get there. They, I mean, they had to sweep the regional and they had to go down there. And I think they got to game three with Ole Miss, and that's when they lost because they couldn't go three in a row with Ole Miss. Right. Case final thoughts because. I'd seen this 13 years ago. Cody saw it live and in person in front of him. This is your first watch on it. I mean, I've heard the story of this game for years with Ryan Edwards. Um, I forgot to mention that when Tyler Fair hit the home run, he was in the bathroom. <laughs> he told me he told me that whenever they needed a rally that year, as the pitching coach, whenever they would hit, that would be his time to go to the bathroom and do whatever because he didn't have to call pitches. So he said, yeah. He's like, so I was in the bathroom. We rallied one time, so that kind of became the thing. When we needed a rally, I'd go, so stand, he's just hanging out in, in the bathroom. bathroom. He's like, yeah, I went to stand in the bathroom and heard everybody screaming. It sounded like the dugout was coming down because Ferrer hit a home run. So uh, that's where he was. See, my uh, favorite story is the uh, trip, the governor's trip to Nashville for this game. Um, I love this story. So the bus goes down. I follow behind because it's Nashville. There's no need for me to ride with the team down to BP the day we get BP on Thursday. So we have our BP slot. Team goes down. So I follow behind about an hour later and I get a phone call and they're like, hey, um, when you get to exit 24, can you look around and see if you see any clothes? I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, uh, we had some luggage fall out of the bus. And uh, it fell out at exit 24. And <laughs> we didn't realize it until we got to the park and the buses opened up. So I'm already past exit 24. I'm on my way down the hill into Nashville. So I call Brad, who's behind me. And I'm like, hey, watch out at exit 24 if there's any clothing on the side of the road. You know, stop, gather it all up. It's ours. It's one of our guys. I get to the ballpark, and all the Nashville State TV stations are there because uh, it's Austin P. Vanderbilt. It's the game. It's the game that's got some local interest. Yeah, it's to the it. game of the day. And I'm sitting there, and I walk in, and I find out whose gear it is. It's Sean Tom. No, it's okay. the head coach's. Ooh. It's Gary McClure's bag that fell out of the bus. Brad shows up, has all the gear in hand. The bag not only fell out of the bus, it proceeded to then get hit by traffic on 24. I'm loving the mental imagery of Brad currently scurrying about 24, 24 eastbound, a like real-life game like of Frogger. Frogger. I'm glad we're both thinking Frogger. <laughs> but the real beauty of it Did is... Did he get his jersey? Cause was he wearing a different number? Or he he's had, wearing 23. He's, he's, his jersey had tire tracks on it. So he had to wear. So he couldn't wear 27. I don't think he could wear 27 because his jersey had a big old tire track. I noticed that, and I was like, I wonder if he just changed numbers at some point. I, in his career. I wondered that or too. Or we didn't find it. It was either we couldn't find that specific uniform, and it's still out in the woods out right. of Exit 24. Uh, but that, and it, so I'm sitting there, and 
I remember telling the Nashville TV station, I want to say it was four. I'm like, hey, could you put out an APB on the, on the five o'clock news that, hey, if you're on 24 eastbound at exit 24 and you see any Austin P gear, give us a call so we can get it to Austin P. Do we have a, re- do we have me, a reward on that jersey? And he looked at me and he laughed and he's like, you're not serious. I'm like, I am completely serious right now. <laughs> you know, we could have we could have started the 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 line, you know, calling all these people that we knew were coming to the game. Yeah. And been like, hey, we'll get you on the pass list if you'll grab yeah, a you pair grab of pants a or a jersey yeah. or a pair of socks. Um, just start calling Brian, everybody else is coming know, and then, down. You, and then this regional's just all kinds of messed up. Um, you're playing baseball in Nashville at the end of May, 1st of June. So we start the next day. We play Memphis in the elimination game. We get four innings in, and a storm just pops up right over the freaking ballpark. Just you look at the radar, there's no rain in the entire Davidson Metro County area <laughs> except over Hawkins Field. It, it's, it's not getting across the street to the McGugan Complex, <laughs> no. but it's right there. It's right on top of us. Three-and-a-half-hour rain delay. And that's why Vanderbilt has turf now. Um, and then Jeff Likens pops up and proceeds to finish out a game where we just, you know, our bats showed up. I think we put 13 up on Memphis. I thought it was a bigger number than that. It, yeah, it was a it, it was, was 17 a, to three or something. It was a big old yeah, number. That might have been the Vanderbilt Michigan score though. There was a lot of runs scored back yeah. then because of the bats. Yeah. yeah. And then you know that pushes the Vanderbilt Michigan game even further back. They go ahead and play that night for some unforeseen reason michigan beats mike minor right yes yeah and that was so not only is is vanderbilt off of its pitching plan for the weekend now they're playing at a time that they didn't expect to be playing because the game in front of them i mean so they they walk in the game too and i'm sure they're just completely and utterly discombobulated at that point trying to figure out what is going on in nashville well they would have wanted to play that day too so they could get set back up for what they thought was going to be a trip to the super regional waiting another day would have just messed them up even further so they'd rather start a game at 9 30 than they did and they went deep into the night and then had to turn around and we played the next more next afternoon we were the next elimination game and we didn't have a whole lot to say about that game i think we were who, out of that game pretty early. Who started that game? Who was the three that year? I'm not going to say a name because we saw what happened the last time I tried to remember the order of pitching. Yeah. Um, I have enough fact checkers on <laughs> Facebook and Messenger that, that I don't have to worry about these things. Um, you, my who, memory resides whoever, in my record book. So. Whoever you were, just chime in in the Facebook comments. Um, it's in the record book. It's whoever the p- pitcher of record was for that day. Um, but that game, I remember that game being over pretty early. Oh, we were... I mean, we we had fought the good fight for a yeah. couple of days, and we were just we were quickly I mean, running out of bullets. You go you go eleven innings with Vanderbilt, and then have it taken away from you at the end, and then the Memphis game is the with, game that will not end with the weird delay I mean, and everything else. We got to the point with the with that Memphis game where we knew we were going to be there for a while, and the teams went back to the hotels, and we said we'll call you when we're thirty out, and you guys can come back and get a little work in, get a little. You know, I think we had a second BP and everything. That's We'd what happened been, my freshman year in Jackson yeah. against Jacksonville State in the 19-hour game that we ended up coming back. Don't remind me. And then we oh, had to go God. back home. We came back and played it the next day. Yeah. I hated that game so much. Uh, the winner of the third game, or the loser, was Ryan Mantooth. Yep. Ryan and the Mantooth. Loser for, or the winner for Vanderbilt was Ty Davis. I don't know if he was the starter or not. Uh, I don't think their starter went qualified. Fair had another home run, though. Yeah. So did De La Osa and Farah yeah, had Farah had a good weekend. Yeah, Farah he was was he all region? I think that, that was year? an all yeah. region for him. 
As well, it should have been. Yeah, you, you, hit you, a, you hit home run off of David Price. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and give you your, your all-region medal. And had, had a good weekend. Yeah. Um, anything else? No. It was, I mean, 07 was a good – I mean. Can we win the next one of these we do? Yeah, we're going to do a basketball one from 2016 for the next one of these. Get a dub out there. Thank you. I mean, we welcome. have dubs in the baseball world. It's just – one of the uh, one of the baseball ones we're going to do is the Florida game. I'm very excited for that. The Mike Davis we have home run. video of it. I feel like beating Florida. Yeah, that's why we're doing it, so we can brag about it. Shut up. I don't, no, even, know. I, I, I don't actually, even know why we invited you here. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that because that, uh, that was a lot of fun on a lot of, uh, for a lot of reasons. Oh, there, yeah. there was a lot of chips on shoulders that needed to be put in their proper place, and we if were happy game, to help. <laughs> if you have a game you want to suggest, though, you should uh, let us know. Yeah. Hop in on those. Hop in on sure those mentions. Make sure it's in the video era. Yeah, yeah make sure, make sure to, it's a game with video, and if, let us know your favorite if, game if, you if, want to hear your, about. If your game precedes, say, doesn't I'm, have a two as the first digit, odds are slim. I I know, I know you want to watch a Fly Williams game. I want to watch a Fly Williams game. We just don't have that in the arsenal. Right I'd love now. to watch a Fly Williams. If game. If you've got a Fly Williams game, and you want also to also get about in contact it, yeah, with us. Give, give yeah. us a holler. Yeah, if you've got a game and you've got video of it, and we're not talking film. Yeah, I don't know. Gonna need to be DVD compatible at least. At yeah. least. I don't yeah. unless you unless you bring the VHS player. Yeah, I guess you can bring us a VHS or a reel to reel and set I it up. I have a VH player at home. I'd have to look. I think my parents buy. I don't even yeah. know if my parents do anymore. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. that that well, devolved well, into some real old manager right there. Today. Uh, <laughs> but let's. Uh, yeah, if you have suggestions or you have video you want of of an Austin P win or you know a high quality loss. Um, give us a shout. Give us a shout. Right. It's going to have to be a big quality loss to top these two losses. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, we'll do this again in a couple weeks. Bye, everybody.